0: But before I start, let me pray, and we'll get started. Um, Father, we thank you for the time um, together here this evening. Um, Just pray that you really uh, help us to gain a vision to build um, spiritual disciplines, um, to really build um, a good foundation um, for the rest of our lives. Um, Father, thank you that we've been able to listen to Chuck, um, to Josh, Um, really, like, getting insight in terms of what it means to walk with you, uh, what it means to really um, entrust our lives to you. So I pray that, um, yeah, for the rest of this session, that you really uh, um, reinforce that vision. Um, Pray that what we've learned over this spring break um, that will really apply as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, um, you know, like the title of this session, workshop is called Construction 101, Building Your Spiritual Discipline, and um, it basically, you know, some of you might or might not know, my job is being an architect, mm-hmm. um, soon-to-be-licensed architect, um, yes. and I've been on Staff of Challenge for three, three and a half years now, um, but previously I was part of Challenge since 2007-2008, so 11 years and counting, and so mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's been a great journey, um, I always love Spring Break. So, um, but yeah, I think um, the reason why I want to use kind of construction uh, as uh, the title for today's workshop is because, you know, in in the Bible, when you read through it, you'll see a a ton of like agricultural analogies, right? Um, And the reason why is because that was an agricultural society. And, you know, like people, a lot of people's day job is to farm. Um, So as a result, that is what really connects with people. Um, on the other hand, as I read through the Bible, I also see that like actually construction analogies are really, really popular or common as well. Um, and I think these analogies um, help me to connect with the Bible even more, um, especially the different parables that Jesus told. Um, and yeah, and that's why I want to use this opportunity to take a full dive into the world of spiritual construction and see what the Bible says about uh, the topic and a disclaimer, you know, construction sites can be messy, so just as, as our lives. Our lives is the construction site, uh, but hard hats are st- steel toe tools. Um, steel toe boots are not required in this workshop, so you are in the right place.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I want to jump right into um, the idea of planning matters. Um, so as a starter, we have a little exercise. Um, in your handout, you should see these like empty bubbles. So help me out. Um, put the building uh, sequence into the right order now uh, between 1 to 5 um put them into the right order like going like that mm mm this is the pentagon
1: no no yeah. be wrong <laughs>
0: Right. Seems like almost done. Hopefully, it's not too difficult. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, um, so what's the order? Um, what's the first one?
2: Three.
0: Three, right? The one in the middle, which is what? To draw a floor plan, right? And then what's the second one? Five. Like all the way to the right, doing the foundation walls. What's number three?
2: Continuing foundation walls. Con- I mean, outer foundation walls continuing. Exactly.
0: The one right to the left, and then four. Walls and, towers. Mm-hmm. and then number five. roofs. Um. There you go. See, you guys all got it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the thing is, that in, struct, in in construction, an architect has to first come up with four plans for a building, so that the cost in const- for construction can be accurately, you know, estimated, and then the construction sequence is then established based on these four mm-hmm. plans to make sure the building is constructed correctly. Um, so. My first question, you know, for discussion, before we jump in, it, it's like, what happens if a building is constructed without a floor plan? What happens?
2: You don't have a building.
3: <laughs> it might fall
0: over. <laughs> you you right? You might not have a building at all, right? You know, like people just know what to do, and then Jeremy says, what, like? It's like when I build towers with Corey. We don't build exactly, right? You know, it, it might not stand. What else?
4: No plan of action. You're just kind of going through the the, the move of things, the, the move, but like not really knowing the plans and how to approach it.
0: Exactly right. There, you don't know what, what's the approach. Um, what else? Mm. For example, how about like the purpose of the building, right? You know, like yeah. certain, like you know, a hospital. You need to build it a certain way so that it works at a hospital, right? Mm. If you want to build a hospital, you know, if the function of the building needs to be a hospital, but you build a theater instead, mm-hmm. doesn't quite work, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like things might be chaotic, things might not be thought through, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing is that one thing I want to emphasize is that one way or the other, you're building your life right now, right? One way or the other, you're being, bu- building your life right now. Just like a building is b- being constructed, you know, like one way or the other, is under construction. Um, And the thing is that, you know, a question I would pose is, do you want to look back 10, 20 years from now, even 30 years from now, look back Mm -hmm. and realize, man, I wish I have a floor plan for the building I was building. You know, man, I wish I have a plan for my life. So the next question is, what does the floor plan of your life look like right now? Mm -hmm. Or do you have one? So feel free to jump in.
2: I guess like for me, it's, like, it's not perfect because I feel like there's some days which I it's just like quiet time but I don't have like a set time. And like, mm-hmm. even if I do have a plan, it's sometimes really hard for me to swallow
0: it. hmm yeah. And that's, I'm glad you brought that up because even if you have, let's say a floor plan to build a building, right? You know, for, for us as architects, we actually have to make sure that it's being constructed according to a floor plan but not just some people doing what they want, right? And similarly in our lives, <laughs> One, one thing is that like you have a plan, but you need to follow through. You have to kind of, like, check and be accountable for that. Mm-hmm. How about others? Like, what do you think the floor plan of your life looks like mm-hmm. right now?
5: I think, like, most people that are at this, at Hume Lake right now, know that they want to follow God mm-hmm. and want to be Christian. And that's, like, at least for me, I've come to realize that, like, knowing that fact is, like, the beginning of creating your floor plan, and, like, that is, like, what um, what Chuck was talking about this morning, about, like, your value determines, like, how you're mm-hmm. going to do, or, like, what you perceive as truth is going to influence your values and yeah. X, Y, Z. And so um, I just think that, like, we're all kind of in the process of, like, hashing out, like, how that really looks and mm-hmm. the details of the floor plan. But, like... Yeah knowing that our foundation is the Bible and like what the Lord tells us is true, that can like really guide us in the right direction in building a solid foundation. But there are still a lot of things that like Mm -hmm. through gaining wisdom through the Bible, like we can really figure out what a strong foundation looks like.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. So we'll move on to the next question. It's like, so what happens if a building is constructed without thinking through the construction sequence? Now, I mean, all of you have put in that order correctly, right, um, so why is that and why do you think, you know, it's important to have that construction sequence? So you
2: are less likely to mess
0: up. Less likely to mess up, yeah.
1: I thought about, like, how the last part was adding the roofs, and if you add the roofs before putting up the walls first, and obviously the roof is just going to fall, so that's, like, trying to get into, like, a, a solid job without having, like, an education, and we're all, we're all like, educated people, mm-hmm. so, like, trying to, like, go into that without having any, like, training or anything, that's going to, like, mess you up in the future, and your job or, like, mm-hmm. whatever you're trying to do in mm-hmm. life is just going to, like, cave in, and it's not going to work out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. What else?
3: Yeah, I mean kind of what what she was saying too I, mean, I guess the order really matters because you're <clears throat> they're building on each other. Which is mm-hmm. like you know, if it's like baking where it's like throw these five ingredients in and blend, it doesn't matter the order, you throw them <laughs> in, just throw them in the blend. Mm-hmm. But here it's like actually the order does matter. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. And and here's one, one thing I want to bring is the idea of timing. There are timing for things, you know, and there's certain things come before others, right? Just like a building, you know, like you need to have the columns up before you put on the beams, right? You need to have the walls in before you put on in the windows, right? Same thing for our lives. Certain things need to come before others. You know, for example, like we need to figure out our walk with God, um, you know, during our, you know, younger years so that we're, we're equipped to lead a family, right? You know, or like, let's say during college, uh, during your 20s, get training so that as, as mm-hmm. you, you know, like grow in your work field in your 30s, that you're, um, that you're ready to minister to each other, to witness other, and really to also live a life of integrity in the face of temptation and challenges at work. You know, that's, that's just going to happen. Um, and the thing is that in, in construction, uh, it's a lot more costly mm-hmm. to rework something. You know, once you put something in, it's a lot harder to rework it. And I would argue it's the same for habits. Once you establish bad habits, it's a lot harder to go back and change that and to develop new habits because you first have to get rid of it first before you can develop new new ones. Uh, compared to you develop good habits, you know right away. You know we talk about quiet time, talk about scripture memory, talk about accountability, talking about you know constantly seeking wisdom. But you gotta get your timing right in these things, you know. Um, or it might be related to ministry, right? For example, you know, like you, you want to go overseas to be a missionary. You want to go overseas to witness to others. But right now, if you're here, you're stateside, and, and, and your witnessing, it's not really working. You know, if it's not working at home, don't export it. You know, like get, get stuff in place. Um, you know, there's a certain order to things. And I believe that God designed things with a certain order as well. You know, like that. There's just that natural order of things. Um, So the question is, what does the construction sequence of your life looks like right now? Do you feel like you're trying to put certain things before others? Like, do you feel like you have to order down? What? what, How how does the construction sequence look like in your life right now?
2: Was like some day I feel like some days I'll do a quiet time and then like and some days I won't and like whenever I do a quiet time it's just like totally all over the place. Like like just like some days I'll do it in the morning, some days I'll just be like I feel like I just I'll just like okay, I'll just do it right now, like like and some days it's just like I don't touch my bible at all and also just like for me like when I do quiet times, I just feel like I'm just kind of rushing through it and like, just reading it and like, taking down notes and like, just kind of doing a prayer like, but sometimes it's just like a drive-through prayer, so like, mm-hmm. it's really hard to like, really like, get like, a full, like, complete quiet time almost. hmm mm-hmm. <clears throat> How
0: about others?
5: I think that there's like... What you're talking about, that God designed a natural order to things. I think from a worldly perspective, there's also an order. hmm Even if... Like, it. it's much more, like, tangible things, though. So, like,
1: mm-hmm.
5: then I would say a normal perception of the order that you mm-hmm. should do things is, okay, you go throughout elementary, high school, mm-hmm. and then you go to college. Yep. You spend 4 years in college. After college, you go into either a job or to more schooling. Yeah. And then it's work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. Sometime in there, get married, have kids. Mm-hmm. And then but throughout that like mm-hmm. whole process there's an underlying the underlying order that God mm-hmm. has for things and it's a much less tangible,
1: mm-hmm.
5: I think. Thing. And, like, okay, yes, you should probably graduate <laughs>
0: yeah. from
5: high school before having kids, at least. You mm-hmm. know, like, yeah. that's mm-hmm. – but God calls us – sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, that was a good one. you know, there's, like, mm-hmm. okay, yes, the Bible coincides with, like, some of these things. But, yeah. like, also the Bible is calling you to, like, okay, no, before you even think about any of that stuff, like, mm-hmm. get your foundation of, like, biblical yeah. knowledge and, like, in everything you're doing – have that mm-hmm. foundation and then that it's it's a much less i don't know i just think that we don't prioritize it as much as like these other things that mm-hmm. we're told do this do this do this do this Yeah. whereas like <clears throat> there are other things that need to permeate like that order too, yeah so.
0: and it's funny you brought it up because one thing that really stuck out to me during um... chuck session this morning is the tyranny of urgent, right? Mm-hmm. Like how he distinguish urgent versus important, right? A lot of the times, mm-hmm. you know, things that, let's say the world prioritize in, in that order, all those things are urgent, right? You know, kind of like, hey, you gotta get a good job. You know, you gotta set up, you gotta buy a house. You know, there's all these things that are perceived as urgent. And if you don't do it, you're kind of missing out, right? But a lot of the things that God wants us to build on, it's important. But like what Chuck said, it might not come off as you need to do it right away. But five years, 10 years go by. When you look back, it's like, man, you would have wished you have treated that as something very important, that you have worked on it. And same thing for construction. You, know, you don't want to like, you know, build your like, roof like, you know, for five years and look back, oh, I should have actually put, on, put in my foundation first. You know? Because by that time, you already lost the time. And you look back, sometimes it might be too late. So I want to share it first here. Um, it's from Luke 14, 25-34. Jonathan, would you like to read it for us?
4: It's yes, okay. <clears throat> Suppose one of, you, one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will, will, will ridicule you, saying this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I think, like, this one is probably, like, Construction cost estimator's favorite first or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which when you want to like count if you have enough money to build it, and and I, I think this, there's so much truth in our life is that you know like, you really want to count the cost and to really almost like in a way this first reminds me of taking this ten thousand feet perspective on your life it's like, you know like do you know like what how do I want my life to look like right? Do I want to just you know get things started? You know, and not finish it and be ridiculed, you know, by 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 other people. Um, you know, do I want to? You know, do I? You know, do I, do I? Do I have what it takes? You know, to become the man that God wants me to be? Do I have what it takes to become the woman that God wants me to be? You know, and and I think that that really takes you need you really need to sit down, take the time, and really think through that. You know, if I want to become this man that God wants me to be, if I want to become this woman that God wants me to be, what that's a tick I think you know like Chuck you know session this morning once again was a clear very clear sample of somebody mm-hmm. that has really given that thought you know uh, Audrey we were just talking about that list right you know that list mm-hmm. of things I was like it's a whole PDF you know like PowerPoint slide but then it's just a spiritual side you know there's more you know but it really need we need really need to plan ahead um, because that would really save you a lot of heartache save you a lot of wasted time because mm-hmm. Time is one of those things that once you lost it, you lost it. We just There's no money can buy it, right? God is really very fair in this where everybody has, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And nobody, no matter how powerful you are, no matter how rich you are, can buy time back. So, so moving on to foundation. So Drew, would you like to read um, the first part about the purpose of a foundation?
1: Just starting, yeah. Yeah, the purpose the purpose of a foundation is one to support the weight of the building, the users, and the equipment inside, and two to withstand any forces from natural disasters. The foundation needs to be laid carefully and accurately as it determines the location of the building and its strength.
0: Thank you. So, yeah, so that's a quick definition of a building foundation. And similarly, in our spiritual life, we need to take great care at laying our spiritual foundation. Um, Jesus actually spoke specifically about this in Matthew 7, uh, 24 to 29. Uh, Drew, would you like to read that first for us? Therefore,
1: everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the steams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash.
0: Thank you. So I have a, a little illustration on the left. You see um, whatever is dashed in there is the foundation of a very like, common, like, um, basically masonry construction from back in the day, during Jesus' time and earlier Roman Empire. Um, so, one of the first questions I have is, like, so what are some of the characteristics of a foundation?
3: Well, judging where the dirt is right there, it seems like there's a lot more to the foundation than meets the eye.
0: Yep. Actually, in fact, most of the time, you can't see the foundation of a building. With this building here, there's actually a whole foundation that we don't see, Right. What else?
4: Um, I guess we can say like with a foundation, uh, a good foundation lasts a very long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's durable, probably probably the most durable thing in the entire building itself.
0: Yeah, very true.
4: Or it should be. Or it's okay. yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, true,
0: true. Yeah. What, what else about the foundation that you, you notice?
5: The foundation is able to, like, hold more than, or, like, a taller amount of <laughs> stone, it looks like, than, like, what's under there. Mm-hmm. So, I guess that could be an analogy for just, like, if you put in the time to, like, really focus on building your foundation. Mm-hmm then you'll be able to like, it'll be able to withstand all of the things that you like pile on top of it.
0: Yeah. That's a very great observations, right? You know, like, yeah, I, I actually, you know, that's a great, great idea in terms of like how, like the, the foundation itself might be like four feet or five feet deep, but what it can support can be 30, 40 feet tall. I think it's very similar in life as well. As you build your spiritual foundation, your spiritual discipline, what it does is that the time you put in there will multiply, multiple fold down the line. Let's say if you spend your 20s in training, the rest of your life, let's say you live until 80, that's like 60 more years. It's going to grow on top, build on top of this foundation. So you're taking a, you know, taking, looking at well, like, easy like a one to six. Multiply, like multiplying, right? You know, you spend 10 years getting training, and the rest of your 67 years is going to really build on top of that training. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to keep getting training throughout your life, but that having that foundation will really help, you know, build your life um, for success. Um, Another thing I would say it's you know, like foundation is one of the things that takes a long time to build. Actually, if you look at construction, foundation takes a while to build because. You're not just spinning on top, but you have to what?
1: Dig it, dig, under.
0: dig it under first, right? You know, and I I would say similar in life when you want to build a solid foundation, you have to get rid of certain things in your life as well. You know, you can't have both. Sometimes you just have to get rid of some of the things so that there's space for you to build that foundation. Um, and another thing that um, I want to uh, point out is that you know, like. The foundation needs to be on the right type of soil. The foundation needs to be on the right type of soil. Um, I have a picture of um, illustration of the Leaning Tower of Pisa down there. Um, I hope yeah, everybody should know about this, right? Um, and the re- do you guys know why the Leaning Tower of Pisa is actually leaning? No right. Have to do with soil. That's right. <laughs> so see the diagram on the right next to the tower. So that's actually showing the foundation of the building and then underneath it, see the curve, like the lines, the layer of lines. So what you're seeing is that basically the soil underneath the Tower of Pisa is not the greatest soil for construction. And what happened is that one patch of soil can sustain more weight than others. So over time, the tar- uh, what, like what basically one part of the foundation starts sinking in. So that's why it starts leaning. And that's the result of uneven soil or not so good construction, you know, soil, you know, but that what brings back to is like, to build a good foundation, we also need to put ourselves in good soil, meaning in a good context, right? Think about, you know, who we spend time with, what is the group we run with, right? Because those are the people that will have the most influence in your life. And the next question is, so, What do the rain, stream, and wind in the parable that Jesus told represent in our lives? And what happens when these forces hit our lives?
4: I guess just like problems that will occur in life. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe scenarios specifically being like, got laid off, fired from a job, a career, and then it's like, If you don't have that foundation, you're just, like, super scared and have concern and doubt and worry, and you don't know who to look to.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. How about others? What do you think, are I
2: think, like, also the enemy.
0: Mm, Yeah, it's true.
3: Deaths and and families or friends or
4: betrayals Mm
3: -hmm. or... uh, People cheating you out of things, Mm -hmm. all sorts of things. Any any type of trouble that um, comes at you or trials can can potentially knock you over. Sometimes Mm -hmm. even self induced.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happens when these forces hit our lives? What do you think?
4: Like the buildings, we collapse. Mm-hmm. that if the foundation's not good enough to with withhold those forces.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
3: It reveals the strength of our foundation.
0: <laughs> it <laughs> does, yeah. I mean, you know, in the scripture it talks about a lot, so much about you know, purifying through fire, right? Your life's getting purified for fire and that, that kind of reveals what's, you know, what's left in there. Um, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, it's not during good times that you tell who somebody really is. It's through the bad times, you know? Um, I remember very clearly when I was in China, one of the girls um, that was part of our ministry team, uh, her name is Libby. And she came from a really tough family. Her dad, who she loved, passed away when she was really young. And out of necessity, her mom married another man who, you know, like that basically, you know, there's just no love between them. You know, it was just... For survival, she had to marry him, and so for the longest uh, and and so like she just really came from this really tough family background where constantly um, every couple of months she would really hear back from her family. For example, like how you know his her brother got into trouble for stealing stuff. You know, um, mm-hmm. her mom had a heart attack. All these hard things. Like for the two years I was there, mm-hmm. and I'm no kidding. It's like clockwork. Every couple of months, something will happen to her family. But I remember very, one thing very clearly is that even though, you know, she come from a very poor background, really tough family background, but one thing I always remember when I look at her is, like, she has a firm foundation that when all these things hit, that other people might complain to God, you know, and just, like, why are all these things happening to me, right? She'll be like, you know, I trust in God, you know, I trust in God, and we'll pray together and 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 man, like just looking at her, I, I see a firm foundation. And I really hope this is the life we're building, mm. that as things get thrown at us in life, mm. that we will have that firm foundation that's based in God. Um, because so many times also when these things hit, there are those around you that, who might need to depend on you as well, and, and you want to be there for them. So. so the last question is, what is the difference between building a house on rock versus on sand um, what area of uh, is your life built on sand right now and what would it look like if that area is built on rocks instead
1: sand is easily movable mm-hmm. there's like there's so many little things about it and nothing is like one solid thing you can't trust mm-hmm. and like one thing to hold you up and so like the rock is God and sand could just be like all the like people that you're depending on that may not be like super dependable and probably mm-hmm. not strong in their faith. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like what you said, sand it shifts very easily, right? And going back to kind of like you need to excavate to build a foundation. Which one is more easy to remove, rock or sand? Sand. Yeah. sand. right? And we are just like, Bush-bush. it's gone. You can, build but, an, you can build it a lot quicker. I'm exactly. Like. But rocks, man, you got to excavate, right? Mm. You got to put some effort towards removing it. Mm. What else? Especially like, is there like areas that you think your life is built on sand right now?
5: about like just an area of Mm -hmm. life being built on sand because I mean if you're thinking about it in terms of the analogy like Mm -hmm. if your life is a building then like just having one part of your life on sand like doesn't really make sense you know Mm -hmm. you're either like completely on sand or you're Mm -hmm. completely and I think I'm lucky enough to like say that I I've grown up in the mm-hmm. like community where I've been poured into for a long time. And so I've had that like biblical foundation,
0: mm-hmm.
5: but in some aspects, maybe my foundation is not rock or sand. Maybe it's like mm-hmm. A mm-hmm. nice dirt or something. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. something in, yeah. In yeah. the, in the middle, because mm-hmm. there are definitely things that I know that I can mm-hmm. improve on and like refine Within myself based on mm-hmm. Bible, but like I just mm-hmm. am so grateful after being in college, seeing how people who have never heard yeah. the word of God, you know, I just think that like they their foundation they don't even have a foundation. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> not only have they not built it anywhere, yeah, but those that do, it's on sand and it's like college is a great place to see it like yeah. be wiped out and like yeah. for the building to be washed away. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't. I can't really point to like an area of mm-hmm. my life. I know that there are areas I need to improve in, but yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm just really grateful for that knowledge that mm-hmm. has been important to me since I was young. so.
0: Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. the uh in the the passage that you had up here, I think in the Luke passage too. It says also, but he says when he he compares, he says, "I'll show you what it's like." The man. Um, who hears my word, puts in practice the man who doesn't. Who yep. Hears my word, and doesn't put it in practice. And then the one who mm-hmm. doesn't is the one who builds house on sand, and the one who does is so. I mean, obviously, everyone who has never heard the word of God is yeah. building their lives on sand. But those who have heard the word of God and are not applying Trying it know, are building yeah. their lives on sand, too. Yeah. Um, so I think, so I guess that would that'd be more helpful when we kind of be value. I have to think to that more and evaluate, like, okay, are there areas in my life where. I know what the scripture says about an area, mm-hmm. or I don't, um, or yeah, just mm-hmm. I, I know I know the scripture about area, and I'm not put to practice, you know, and I'm taking my cues more from mm-hmm. what culture says or what yeah. I've always done, kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. Which that's where kind of like God, you're saying it can, it can be easy to kind of mix the sand and the rock. Like well, you know, yeah. sprinkle a little in it what God says right here, and then a little bit of what I yeah. grew up with, and a little bit of you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. custom W. It's easy to have a Denver omelet mix of <laughs> our thought on something. but, mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, I, yeah, I, I guess it's just more of kind of, you just know, kind of have to, over time, systematically go through your
0: different areas of life and go,
3: now I do this, or I think this. Now, why do I think that? Is that because something mm-hmm. you know, based on God's word? Because I just do it that way, you know, and stuff. And, yeah. And then kind of work your way through stuff.
0: Yeah. I think for me, one of the biggest things that I struggle with that I would say, it's very much like saying it's basically people's opinion. Like I very much like want people's like affirmation, you know, or like acknowledge, acknowledgement. It's like, oh, like, you know, you did so well here, you know, you did great. And I think this has to do with the way, you know, growing up in a very competitive environment where, you know, I want people to acknowledge, you know, what I did. And, and I think, like, for the longest time that was, you know, basically I was building my life around it because, you know, then I'll start doing things just so that I can impress people, just so that I can get, you know, people in terms of recognition, you know. But the thing is, people's opinions are really like sand. It can be one thing like this, and next thing you know, poof. You to flavor
3: of the month.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's gone. And I think, like, you know, coming back to, to the rock, it's where I think getting to know God personally and knowing His character, knowing that He doesn't like change. You know, that's who He is. That was like for the first time discovering like this rock foundation for me because I know that He said, he, he is who He says He is. You know, He loves me and He doesn't change. And that that for me really made a difference. Like my value is no longer based on how other people see me, but how God sees me. So. Okay. so we're going to move on um, quick. So one thing that I want to um, bring to attention is the concept of a cornerstone. Um, so let's see, Audrey, would you like to read, let's see, up until, like, all from the beginning till the definition from Wikipedia?
5: Yes. The term cornerstone was mentioned in the Bible repeatedly, and in most cases it was used to describe who Jesus is. So why is the cornerstone so important? Cornerstone is the first stone set in the construction of a masonry foundation, important since all other stones will be set in reference to this stone, thus determining the position of the entire structure.
0: Wikipedia. Thank you. That's truth <laughs> of everything, right? Wikipedia. <laughs> and then Jonathan, would you like to read, read the rest of it and, uh, in the scripture as well?
4: Sure. In spiritual life, the cornerstone represents the sole reference that determines your values, visions, vision, action, and speech. It allows Christians to join together to be one household, See Paul's letter to the Church of Ephesus in Ephesians 2:19 19-22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, which Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you are to, you are to being built together to become a dwelling in which God lays by his Spirit.
0: Thank you. So I have a little picture on the left. Um, so what you're do, seeing that large, larger stone is the cornerstone. And, and what, what is the purpose of a cornerstone again?
4: As a, the build upon is, and the cornerstone would be the reference to it all.
0: Exactly. Like it basically sets the course you know, of the cornerstone. So what happens if, let's say, and also like d- down below is basically a typical like, Roman building. And what's highlighted is where the cornerstone would be located, literally at a corner. And so what happens, let's say, if the cornerstone is actually not at the right angle or a sloppy shaped stone, what happens?
3: Everything else is
0: slightly shifted. <laughs> exactly. You know, like back in the day, they don't have the same technology we have. We, we no longer have cornerstone nowadays because construction techniques has changed. But you know, now we have all these fancy equipment. But back in the day, that stone really sets how your building will be oriented. So if the cornerstone is just off by a tad, over the length of the building, what happens? Off by ten as well. It would be off by a lot actually, a because lot. if you're off by little here, hundred feet later, yeah.
5: it's like oh. the degree. Exactly. exactly. Oh, I see um, now.
0: Yeah.
5: Scott was talking about that in his breakout session. He was oh yeah? talking About like, I mean, not in this context, but yeah. like if you get off by just a degree and then you keep going in that direction, there's like, over time? yeah, exactly. over time you're yeah. It's the so thing? same thing, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So the question is. Um, you know, like, what does Paul mean when he wrote, um, built on the foundation of the apostle and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone? What does he mean by that?
4: It's like, um, like Jesus is, like, known as the cornerstone and being referred to as that. Is that, like, basically, um, Jesus kind of set the pace, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the, the, rest of the little miniature miniature stones revolve around, which is like mm-hmm. us, the church, mm-hmm. and and uh, we hope to build on that firm, on that on that cornerstone, and continue to branch off something mass, massive, and great.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's 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 a great way to put it, right? Like Jesus, he set up that direction, right? And then the apostle and the, and the prophets, what did, what did they do? They based, based on that cornerstone, they set up the foundation so that we can what? We can join in and be part of that building. That they set the example and the direction. Um, and the thing is that the, the, the cornerstone is that very first stone, and in a way, it's that chief like authority, right? He is the authority. That cornerstone is the authority that sets the whole direction. And so, my question is: What is or are the cornerstones in your life right now? And what would it look like if these areas, uh, what would look like um, like, the, like these areas if Jesus is the chief cornerstone instead? So, do you feel like you have multiple cornerstones in your life right now that's trying to drive where your life should go?
5: I think a major one is like just school,
0: mm.
5: and everyone seems to have it, have everything planned out. But like, their cornerstone is like academic achievement, or like mm-hmm. the security of getting a job, the like quote unquote security of getting a good job, mm-hmm. well-paying job. And I think that though it's good to like work hard and work hard at getting a good job, mm-hmm. you're putting if you're basing everything in your life around that mm-hmm. yeah. then yeah you are at a really increased risk to start building upon something that's not fulfilling
0: mm-hmm. yeah but very true which, which
3: if you kind of carry carry that out that thought out that based on your people are you know focusing on their uh, academics so they can get a good job so they can make money so they can have security Mm -hmm. kind of goes back to what Jesus was talking about just the deception of wealth like that's uh, people aren't maybe thinking about that when they're in school they're thinking no I'm just talking about school well why are you worried about school well for the job for the money Mm -hmm. for security so it's like so it's really back to what Jesus said originally it's like I can't serve God and money Mm -hmm. um, one of the ones has to be
0: called shots yeah
3: or I think another one that can be easy is just like what <coughs> Eric was talking about that um, challenge a couple weeks ago, just the cornerstone of people's opinion. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. But um, you know, I will always move based on what this person says about me. You know, yeah. Which is what it's got to about
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. How about others? What are What do you think are some of your other cornerstones in your life right now?
2: I think just like parents' career. Like mm-hmm. And, like, just like mankind, like just people, more like, well, like people, like just like doing things just like to please people, parents, and like,
0: <coughs> yep, parents can be perfect. Yeah,
2: yeah, and I guess like some just also ties. Even like mankind like people in general, like, like especially when it comes to career areas. mm
0: mm-hmm. hmm. Yeah. So the question is what what would it look like if these areas, um in these areas if Jesus is the chief cornerstone? Take a moment to to picture that. What do you think it'll look like?
1: no like fear of getting lost by one degree mm. like he's yeah. perfect in every way and like I'd like to say that Jesus is mm. the chief cornerstone in mm. my life because I think for me like part of my testimony is that like I've, I've acknowledged that I didn't get into USC or get into ROTC on my own merit and so like all of this like my career what's ahead of me like that's all like God's doing mm-hmm. but I think at times, I can get distracted mm. and like just like think about the work itself rather than what the what the purpose mm. of the work is, what the purpose of the foundation is. And like, mm. if I'm when I do get back on track and I am mm-hmm. like reminded of this, um, like I don't have any like fear. I'm not like worried about the kind of work I'm doing. I'm just mm-hmm. like as long as it's contributing toward His greater plan, then I'm good. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Jesus has got me, and as long as I'm praying on these things and I know that. God is putting them in my path for me to use. Then it's like mm-hmm. a little word i looking for. It's fine. No. It's
3: good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that when you just said too. Fear, basically, not existing. That's a that's a good one. Like if he's a cornerstone, you know.
1: Yeah. Like this full for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cornerstone in him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, it's actually really freeing when you don't have that fear because mm-hmm. you don't have to always like, am I doing the right thing? You know, same, same thing for me when I, when I was about to graduate and, and like some of you might, might not know, like I, you know, spent, once again, did student ministry full time in, in China after I graduated and like during, during that time, you know, even though from quote-unquote worldly perspective, you know, I'm not growing, let's say, in my architecture career because my friends all, you know, start working in architecture office right off the school, right off the bed and all that. They're making a lot more than I was, um, you know. But on the other hand, there's something about living in a life that you know 100% is what God wants you to live. That amount of joy, that amount of freedom, mm-hmm. the amount of trust you have in Him, amount of like just fullness and fruitfulness there's nothing else you can you can pay for that you can't buy that you know um and and that's like what drew said like you know when you know that you're you have the right cornerstone in there and then that is jesus and so so i want to extend the extend the question a little bit more like what would it look like you know if jesus is your chief cornerstone in in those areas in your life
3: really
2: I guess like just like more pr- praying to God more right? and just like casting all my anxieties and worries onto mm-hmm. Him. instead of just like having temper tantrums and because like it's just not going my way honestly because
0: mm-hmm.
2: I know like these past few weeks I've grown a lot of temper tantrums mm-hmm. unfortunately because I just felt like a lot of things were not were just not going my way when it came to school.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: A lot like
0: burden. Yeah.
3: And I think one way that would look a little different is like you're saying, what the cornerstone is is it sets the direction for every yeah. other stone. Then, um, as I'm making decisions, as I'm thinking mm-hmm. about how I'm spending my time, my money, my yeah. life, my resources, like the question being not first. What do I want, but well, what does he want? Yeah. <laughs> Guess, I'm not the cornerstone, so what yeah. I want is really secondary. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so what does he want? Yeah. And how would he want me to handle the situation? And then moving mm-hmm.
0: forward with that. Yeah. I think one thing that also it would do is that it also really draws believers together. You know, because, because you're living under the same value system. You know, like one thing that I think the uh, iceberg slash triangle that, um, you know, Chuck showed today makes a lot of sense, right? You know, like Christians, we're together not because of how we act, you know? You know, that's that, but that's the result of what we value, right? What our value system is, you know? And when the thing is like when we have the same chief cornerstone, we're gonna be heading in the same direction, we're gonna have the same value. And that mix—that's really what really draws us together and build together. Um, so I, um, there's like I want to basically um, conclude that there's like four components of building a solid um, spiritual foundation. Um, and the first one is to set your priorities straight. The first one is set your priorities straight. Mm-hmm. So Jonathan, would you like to read Mark 12:28 to 31 for us?
4: <clears throat> Absolutely. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, Most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these.
0: Thank you. The reason why I, I want to bring this first up, which I think most of you, if not all of you, have heard it multiple times before, is because that is going back to the core of what we believe in, what our priority is. You know, Yes, I could have spent the last you know, 45 minutes talking about how to have a quiet time, how to memorize scripture, and that's important. But at the end of the day, we need our heart to be in the right place first, and that is we need to love God and love people. We need to love God and love people. We memorize Scripture and we have quiet time, not because that's a box we want to check off, not because oh that makes me a better Christian, but because we love God and we want to spend time with Him. and We want to meditate, you know, the word, you know, His word in our heart. I remember when Bethany, when 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 we first um, started, you know, dating. Um, I remember. One is like, I would want to spend time with her all the time. You know, I was like, when I, you know, when we were first dating, I was like, I, I just want to spend time with Bethany and get to know her. And the other thing is that I would actually read her text multiple times. You know, it's like, <laughs> is, he, is this what she really means? You know, like, is she talking while she's talking? Oh, that was so sweet that she says that. <laughs> you, know? you know, but like, you know, like when, when you love somebody, you, you really want to spend time with that person and you treasure every single word he or she says you know i think that's the same thing you know with with god is that if you love god you want to spend time with him and know his words know what he really thinks and the other thing is to love people you know like we the reason why we you know learn how to share the gospel is not once again it's not because we're trying to check up a box and you know and say oh i've done evangelism for the week i'm done for the quota God, you're good with me. I should get my blessing for the week. No, it's not, it's not like that. But the reason why we share the gospel, why we disciple others, why we reach out to others because is because we love them. And it's because God loves them first. And because we love God, we love them as well. And that's just why it's so important to have that party straight is that you know, what, where, why are we doing all these things? And that is because to love God and, and to love people, you know, so because if, if if what we're doing is just performance driven you'll get burnout really quick. You'll get burnout really quick. I am very much <clears throat> a performance driven person and I and I can tell you like, you know, like if you're just performance driven, like you always be comparing yourself with others. You know, you always have jealousy in the mix of all that. you always have this desire to get acknowledgement from people from all that because it's all about your performance. But if it's because we love God and love people, you know, you will feel refreshed as you refresh others. So, does it make sense? Yeah. Um, and then the second one is listening to God's words. Um, Willie, would you like to read Second sure. Timothy three sixteen through seventeen for us? All, right,
2: sure. all scripture is God believed, he is useful <coughs> for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and so that the servant of
0: God may be equipped for every good work. Thank you. Yeah, listening to God's word, Second Timothy three sixteen. That's seventeen. Um, that this scripture has really helped me to gain a perspective, you know, for why I need to listen to His word and read His word. Um, so one thing about here is that um, it mentions about the different purposes. Wh- which are those purposes? It's useful for what?
1: rebuking, correcting, and
0: training. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Um, And I think, I believe that in our lives we need all four of them, right? You know, there are times where, you know, like we need people to teach us so that we know where to head to. There are times where we need rebuking and correction because we went on the wrong path, and we need training because we might need to take on tasks and and challenges and missions that are bigger than what we can do right now. Um, And and, and also scripture is God-breathed, you know, like even though the scripture was written by 40-some authors, you know, over such a long period of time, but that they are each inspired by God to write it down. Um, And I I love the last part where it says, so that, you know, um, when you read scripture, when you see, so that, you want to pay attention because it means like whatever is written before is building up to the reason why this is written. And so what what does verse 17 say? So that the servant of God may be fully equipped. equipped for every good work. There's a purpose behind God's word. You know, it's, it's, it's not just for reading for our sake. It's not just reading so that I can have a better life. but It's that so that you can be used by him to impact other people's life as well to do his good work. And I think, like, it's very important as we go through, you know, reading through scripture to not just think about, well, how can this benefit me? But to really think about how can God use me through this? You know, that will really bring a different perspective into why you're doing what you're doing. You know, for example, I remember doing quite a time, there are times where, like, there are times where I, when I, as I meet up with guys and I share with them, I am like, man, I wish I had a first for this. You know, I don't know if some of you guys have come across this, right? I wish I had a first for this. And there are times where it's like, man, I'm glad I read this this morning because it's super applicable to why I'm talking to this guy right now, you know? And, and so there's really a purpose behind, behind God's words. And the third one is practicing God's words, practicing God's words. Jeremy, would you like to read us James one twenty-two to 25?
3: Yeah. <clears throat> do not really listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Whatever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed
0: in what they do. Thank you. What, what is the first thing here?
4: Do not merely listen to the word. Mm-hmm. And, see, and so does yourself.
0: Yeah, but what 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 should we do? What it says. Do what it says, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it can't get more straightforward than that, you know. And and it's really true. Um, I think, for me personally, the Bible starts becoming real when I actually start practicing what it says. Um, it was, uh, I was a third-year architecture student, and I remember very clearly that basically I, was, um, I had a conflict with one of my classmates um, in architecture school, and it bugged me a lot because I hate like, having disharmony you know, with my friends. And coincidentally, that, the same week, um, I remember on Wednesday night, Neil was help- helping leading a Bible study, and we were studying uh, about heart attitudes. And guess what heart attitude we were studying about? Mm-hmm. Cleaning up relationship. I was like, God, are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> and surely he was, you know. So basically through the study, God really convicted me, um, you know, through uh, Matthew where he says, you know, when you have a grudge with your brother, you know, even if you're in the front of the altar, leave your offering. Go back. Reconcile with your brother first and then come back and worship me. And I remember looking at that first. That was just like, psh- because I was like you know that was like God telling me like hey Enoch you you got to you know apologize to your friend you know you got to apologize for for what you have wronged her you know because you know like like you need to do this before you can even worship me you can even offer your sacrifices to me and I struggled with that first because I was like god it was like You know, like, it was, like, 90% her fault and 10% my fault. So, you know, like, shouldn't she come and, you know, apologize to me first? But God really used that first to convict me that I need to bear whatever responsibility I need to bear. So I went back, apologized to my friend, asked for her forgiveness, and we became better friends than before. And I remember very clearly that moment the Bible became all the more real to me because I was like this works <laughs> you know the bible works it's not just like these vague concepts or good ideas or philosophies it works for real life and it really shows who god is and so you know I encourage you all you know as you read through scripture you know and and things you hear thursday night challenge um at the spring break you know do what it says don't just know oh, that's a good idea you know but and, and forget about it but do what it says, practice it. And then the last part is laying Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Laying Jesus as the chief cornerstone. So, Audrey, would you like to read First Peter for us?
5: Yes. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ.
0: Thank you. Yeah. We need to lay Jesus as our chief cornerstone. You know, like... We have to come to him. We have to put away, you know, kind of our old ways of living. You know, just like what we discussed about, you know, the cornerstone, right? We can't have multiple cornerstone in our lives. You know, it's just going to tear us apart. You're just going to have this building that is unstable, that is out of shape, uh, out of whack, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and also, you really, you know, want to build your, your foundation on solid rock. Um, you know, and, and the thing is that a lot of the times... The chief cornerstone, Jesus, might not look attractive at first. You know, just as Scripture mentioned, right? Many times it described Jesus as this stone that has been what <clears> throat> rejected, throat> right? It, you know, here it says, first four, as you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious." You know, you just have to make a hard decision. It's like what do I want my life to be about? You know, which, what is the chief cornerstone in my life? Um, Howard Hendricks said, like, many of us want a word from God, but we don't want the word of God. We know enough to own a Bible, but not enough for the Bible to own us. We pay the Bible lip service, but we fail to give its life service. In a world where the only absolute is that there are no absolutes, there is little room left for the authoritative word of God as revealed in the Bible. You know, like mm-hmm. there are a lot of different forces, you know, in our lives drawing us different ways. But at the end of the day, we have to set our priorities straight. We have to listen to God's word, practicing his words, and laying Jesus as the chief cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one verse that's not in here, but that has been very close to my heart. It's Psalms 127:1. It says, un Lord, un, unless the Lord builds the house, the workers labor in vain. Unless the, guards, uh, unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, the workers labor in vain. Just know that this is not just on us, but that we really need God to be part of this as well. So as you build your foundation, as you set your cornerstone, you know, constantly ask god pray to god what do you want me to do here you know? um, and and he is loving he is kind and he's faithful and he's going to guide you you know the right way um, you know it has been actually it has been 10 years um, since i became a christian a believer i actually mm-hmm. committed my life during spring break it's probably actually the second to last day, if I remember correctly, but so yeah, that has oh. set my life in a complete different trajectory, and it's a life that I've never regret, you know, going, a journey going on to, and I really hope that, you know, as, as, as you guys are in your, everybody's in their early 20s, or some people, 19, 19. 19 there you go. Mm-hmm you know, I, and, and I think, you know, even though I'm not super old, you know, I think Jeremy and I actually were more the same age, right? And yeah, 31, 32. But even, you know, looking back is that, you know, like, I, I, I would pray that I would hope that you really take this opportunity, this window mm-hmm. to really build your foundation right, to really set your cornerstone right, because that would really help, help you build you for success for later in life and, and, and really save you from a lot of pain and suffering as well.